Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm well, my friend. How are you? Doing well. We had uh, two game ones of the conference finals already happened, so lots of basketball to discuss. Uh, we'll start with the most recent game first, of course, that being last night, Eastern Conference Finals, game one. The Miami Heat win 123-116. to 116. Uh, Jimmy Butler was incredible, 35-7-6, and six, uh, six being steals. Uh, Jason Tatum had 30 points and seven rebounds uh, for the Boston Celtics. David, when I watched that game, so the, the Celtics were up nine um, at the half. And I was, you know, when I watch basketball, the David Thorpe angel is always <laughs> on my shoulder telling me what's going on. And David's rule is like a million and oh, which is outscore the other team by 10 or more in a quarter. Don't get outscored by 10 or more in a quarter. You're probably going to win that game. Well, I felt like in the first half, damn. Boston kept having that chance to get that 10 plus first quarter and the Heat just wouldn't let them like, nope, you're not going to beat us by 10 plus in this quarter. All right. So we're only up nine at the half and in the third quarter, holy shit, (laughs) the Heat scored 45 points. That's it. That is your ball game. (laughs) Um, What did you see on on the floor of that game yesterday? You know, Boston was up 71-59 in the third and it looked like they had control. And I don't remember what happened, whether it's I got a phone call, which probably is the case, or whatever. It's 72-72. Like, wait. So I, I went back happened. and watched it, and I took some notes. <laughs> so 71-59, Boston's in the lead. Comfortable. And they're, it's, it's, it, they're doing well. They, they are, the Heat are trying to turn them into drivers and mid-range jump shooters uh, because Boston shoots so many threes. They're running them off the line. They're they're attaching themselves aggressively, and and in a sense, almost giving up easier shots. Celtics set a record for most points for this season in the paint in the first half, not in the mm-hmm. second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's everyone fifty nine. Bam makes like a running hook. It's clearly bouncing out, bounces in. I'm like, ooh, that's a good two <laughs> points I didn't expect to get. So now they're down ten. Jalen Brown just fumbles a, a smart. At this point, smart was diamond. Oh, yeah. He so was he was really diamond good. everywhere. Not something you always see. He threw an underhand hard bullet pass to Jalen Brown, who just uh, dropped the ball. Let me, I thought my phone was off. Uh, so he just dropped the ball, and that was a bad turnover. And then Bam makes a free throw, 71-62. Smart, nice-looking three-point shot, uh, in and out. All right. <laughs> uh, I call him uh, uh, Juicy Struce. Boom, a tough three. All right. 71-65. It was his first three of the night. And they're starting to reel him in a little bit. Boston seems fine. And then Horford, early in the clock, took a three. Right when he took it, I thought, Jason Tatum has been on the court this entire time. All right. Horford, you're wide open. He misses. Kevin Love in transition. Three. Boom. 71-68. And things are getting tight. Right? The crowd feels it. Smart makes only one free throw. 72-68. Uh, Gabe Vincent, a great drive. He's on the right wing. I'm seeing it right now in my head. Drives middle, has has a little fake to get smart either to jump or not jump, but also gives him balance. When you fake, it allows you to set yourself. I I teach this all the time. You don't just fake because of the the defense. You fake so you can gather yourself so you're balanced on your shot. You gather yourself in balance while you're faking, all right? Vincent hits that jumper, which, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, he shot 51%, more or less mid-range. This is probably a higher level than mid-range because it's right in the middle. Uh, 96 percentile. 
on mid-range. So he's a good player and from that range. Excellent. Now it's 72-70. Marcus Smart misses a three. Again, you've not heard Jason Tames' name mentioned one time. Nope. He missed the three. Kevin Love, that's just the play where he got the rebound and mm-hmm. then immediately fired it 94 feet to Struess. Juicy Struess missed the shot but tipped it in. The game's tied. Like, what the hell just happened? So, two things. One, Tatum, no, no touches. Two, mm-hmm. no timeout for Missoula. Now, people are uh, uh, supporting him and attacking him. Killing him today. Right. For I don't like attacking without purpose. So, all right, Coach Missoula, why would you have called timeout when I was just describing that? It wasn't like they got easy shots, easy layups necessarily from Miami's point. You call timeout. Because you, the, you, your lead went from 12 to, let's say, at 6 when it, when it was 71-65 when Struess hit the top three. All right, you got to have a sense here. Let's get a Tatum the next three times down the court. Let's get him at least a touch. He was out of it. I, that's why you call timeout. And then from there, I, I mean, we said this on our show even, um, game one was going to be the most vulnerable for Boston. They just got done a tough series. And it, it, most people think, Gerard, that coming out of that series, uh, you're not going to be focused to start the very next series. Mm-hmm. That is not necessarily the case. It's right. more of, do you have the will to keep fighting with urgency every possession? You have, you've had no break. Yep. That's, and, and so they started the game great. They just couldn't yep. finish. That's what I saw in that yeah. third quarter. They, they just didn't. They weren't cutting as sharp. They weren't all the things they were doing to get that nine-point lead in the first half. They stopped doing it. Well, Miami helped that, to be fair. Miami was really physical, as they tend to be. They, I thought they upped their intensity. They, they blocked cutters. They blocked screeners. So if I, wanted to go, if I just wanted to go screen for Jason Tatum, they didn't even let me do it, they, they, which is legal. It's a, it, mm-hmm. There's an there's a, uh, antidote to it. There's a counter to it. Go back door. Don't fight them. Go, wherever they are, go the opposite way. That's the teaching point. Uh, they just kind of mucked it up. And I think Boston will be just fine in game two when they muck it up. They were not in game one. And yeah, Miami no. just was rolling. No, it, you, you are dead on. And, you know, of course, we're going to get to Jimmy Butler a little bit. I mean, he just had some incredible steals and was just flying steals, all over yeah. the place. Six steals. That was the 630. Uh, I think they 36. had 12 for the game. It, you know, this is what we expected from Miami, though, right? We yeah. said this is not going to be some cakewalk series you're going to win. And, yeah, you got more talent on paper. That doesn't matter. Like, they're going to fight hard for 48 minutes, which is what the Heat do. They had great contributions from Caleb Martin. Um, so many, you know, again, guys that, as Henry said, if you would ask teams, you know, at the beginning of the season, hey, we'll give you a Caleb Martin. What do you think Kev- about that? How about Kevin Love? Kevin Love, right? I mean, yes, the corpse of Kevin Love. Most people are like, yeah, we don't want these hey, people. Hey, Gerard, have I ever told you the story? that uh, Coach Harvey Pennick told about the golfer in the swing. Mm-hmm. Have I told you this before? Can I tell it again? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, this sure. is Miami Heat. Uh, so Coach Pennick died in the 90s, probably the best uh, golf coach in American history. He told this great story in his first book. He, he wrote this great story in his first book, The Little Red Book, about uh, working in a pro shop one day in Austin, Texas, like 1930s. One of his students comes in, all fired up, Hey, I just made the finals of the, of the, I think it was like the Texas Open or whatever. It's a big tournament, though. And uh, Harvey's like, great. Like, how's it looking for the finals? Like, oh, I'm going to kill him. He's got a bad grip and a bad swing. And Harvey Pennick, according to the story, 
he told, wrote, uh, all right, let me know tomorrow how it goes. Kid comes to the next day, dragon ass. How'd it go? I got crushed. And Harvey said, there's a lesson here. This is Texas. Look, all the good golfers live in Texas. It's a big tournament. This guy made the finals. If he's got a bad grip and a bad swing, he's learned how to score. That guy is to be admired and feared and respected. And that's exactly the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Much of these guys, not all, but much of them, including the head coach, they were just here a couple years ago in, in Orlando, right? Fair and square. They just knocked off the number one team in the league in Milwaukee. They are t- and a tough-ass team in, in New York. They may not have a bunch of lottery picks. They're missing two lottery picks in Oladipo and, of course, Tyler Hero. Tyler but Hero. they're here without those guys. They are to be respected, admired, feared. Like, this is no fluke. This is who no, they are. No. Not at all. And, and it was, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, teams – and we have a sample size of the regular season, right? And that tells us a story. That's 82 games, right? And playoffs are often small sample size. But as I've looked at data over the years of how players and teams perform in the postseason versus the regular season, two things become very clear. It's generally you're good, how you perform in the regular season generally is how you're going to perform in the postseason. Some, some people, some teams are about the same. Some are slightly worse. Some are slightly better. It's very rare that you have this like, oh my God, I was a 200 hitter in the regular in the regular season and in the playoffs, I hit 650. Like That's probably not going to happen, right? But there is slight variation. What you're seeing with the Heat, David, is they were a bottom four three-point yeah. shooting team uh, all season long, shooting 34% from three. They're shooting 37% from three now. They were uh, 115 points, I want to say, or 11 points, uh, uh, 111 in offensive rating. They're up to 114. So everything has just moved up a level or a level and a half. And when you're doing that and you got Spo, when you, you play hard, you do all the things, those that little uptick makes all the difference. And it's, it's really emblematic in Jimmy Butler, right? He's excellent in the regular season. I mean, he was top five in EPM. He was third in EPM this year. But everything is just a touch better in the in the postseason, right? It's like, oh, he's scoring a two or three more points a game on a little bit better efficiency, right? But those small margins, right? He isn't wildly better. He's just a little bit better. But in the postseason, when the margins are so thin, that is a huge difference. And the Heat are playing well. We said that if Boston will lose a game, it's going to be a game probably where they either Boston plays bad. So like they kind of, you know, didn't play as hard in that third quarter and Miami shoots the ball well. Well, Miami made almost half their threes, right? So, I mean, this is kind of how we see this going. But I, I just think this is going to be a super exciting series. And we said it's going to go along. I, I didn't. Um, I, I, I thought uh, that Boston, I thought there was a better chance Boston wins in four or five than the Heat do in seven, let's say. I pretty much said that. I did a lot of pods. Um I didn't think it would be uh, – I thought that they were most vulnerable in the first game. Although I do think sometimes you, after a game seven, you win game one, and, and you, then you just kind of relax and lose game two. Miami's not going to be relaxed. So that, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Boston is up against it a little bit now. Um, they're comfortable. I mean, they, they've already had a closeout win on the road, mm-hmm. right, where mm-hmm. they easily could have been closed out in, in Philly. Yep. Um, yep. And they, they're a very capable defensive team. I think Miami – uh, uh, Miami's got 
guys that defend the ball pretty hard. Yeah, yeah they just there there's a plan for what they do. They're trying to limit Boston's threes and that seemed to make Boston in the second half more uncomfortable. I've not studied the tape to see I'm sorry for this. I just it's my, the day's been kind of away from me. I wanted to watch why didn't Boston get more two points? I watched the whole second half today, but I wanted to watch it again and focus just on why didn't they get more paint touches? Smart went out for a while. Yeah, he did. I thought I, I had the sound down, and I was like, "Wait, did he get kicked out of the game? Yeah. What happened?" Like, I, I, well, you were smart to have the sound down, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I was on the phone and didn't catch what he did. What happened either? He came back. Obviously, he yeah, was he great for a while. Miami's not going to play this way every game, I wouldn't think. No. But they've got they've got some weapons. Bam is getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Boston's got a, an embarrassment of riches. Grant Williams doesn't play. We have about him in a came in. Maybe he won't come in next game. Robert Williams started. Maybe next game he won't start with Derek White. Or maybe Grant Williams gets more playing time. All of a sudden, he'd feel better about it. Managing ego, egos is a part of this of this business, mm-hmm. but. Um, the bottom line is they just kept throwing the ball to the bad guys. Like you yeah, can't have 12 have. turnovers that are steals. That's the easy points for Miami. And you've got to make Miami score tough points against your defense. Um, yep. And then, then, they, then they could struggle. Let's talk about Grant Williams. You mentioned him. Um, this is someone who in last year's postseason proved that not only can he be a good spot up three point shooter, he's also a very good defender. Um, he's built similar to PJ Tucker, like a fire hydrant. Like you ain't moving a key as thick and strong. You ain't backing him down to the post, like not happening. So I'm thinking, you know, Jimmy walks guys down into the post like that. Why don't I think Grant Williams might be able to help in this series. He's someone that Jimmy can't bully down to the block. And he's someone who will give you spacing, right? You have to honor him out the three point line. So maybe this is a situation where he plays in this, in this series, because since game three, of the Sixer series, he kind of hasn't really been playing that much. Three minutes here. I think his highest has been 12 minutes in the game since then. Um, is he in the doghouse? I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, think it's that. I think it's more they just – they don't. I mean, they. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he is the doghouse. Or, or he is a pain in the ass from what I understand. Smart <laughs> guy, but a pain in the ass. One of those guys that's too smart for his own good sometimes. Yeah. Um, we, all, we all have friends like that that are really bright, but a pain <laughs> in the ass. Um, I, I mean, Coach Mazzullo has got to do some tweaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he's got to get Jalen and, and, and Tatum scored 30, but he was bad late. He was tired, it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. They all were tired. Both teams were tired. No yeah, doubt. They were definitely tired. Um, it's funny, Derek White is such a great defensive player, but um, I was listening to some podcasters talk this morning, Nate Duncan talking about Brogdon on defense just because he's mm-hmm. stronger against Jimmy Butler. That'll be interesting to see. It's you know something you've talked about a few times, Gerard, on our show which is in the regular season, you get a chance to play the have-nots and you only get the haves here. But there's more than that with the matchups. It's the uniqueness of Derek White is an elite defender. Brogdon is not even average. But maybe for some reason it's possible that he just bothers Jimmy more than Derek. And so you've got to play into that some. So you'd rather do that up 1-0 than down 0-1. But Joe's got to do something. Uh, uh, to ch- to get under to get Miami uncomfortable, yeah. And so you know, this was this was a big point, right? Everyone who talked about this said the coaching edge in this series goes to Spo over Missoula, right? Yeah, and that's fair. Joe's in his first year as a head coach; he's thirty. Get set up for everybody, anyway. Yeah, right. Spoh is and over he's, everyone, you know, yeah. 
Spo, he's, he's incredible. Spo versus Ditka. I'm going Spo. <laughs> I'm not Ditka. Have you, have you ever seen the? Uh, of of yeah, course. Yeah. The Hurricane versus right. Ditka. Ditka. And the Hurricane's name is Ditka. Right. Oh, <laughs> I forgot that. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Spo is as good as you get. No, he's he's fantastic. I, I want to um, speak out with something like that. Let me tell you something. So I uh, I know you. Uh, I don't know what it's like in swimming as a coach, mm-hmm. but. Let me tell you a secret thrill about coaching in this sport, for me anyway. The, the games where you know we're, we're, we're really up against it, they're better than us. A road, home, whatever, whether it's a tournament, whether it's a playoffs, whether it's just a regular season game, and the other team is just rolling. And, and you know everyone knows you'll be lucky to win. But secretly you think, I, I think we can win this game. And then you're, you look up to the scoreboard, and you know there's six, seven minutes to go. There's some time left now. But it's a fight. And that, that feeling of, I fucking knew it. It's, a, it's such a great feeling. It, it's better sometimes than actually winning the game. I swear yeah, to you, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I've been in this situation more than a few times as an old man where you, you told your guys, like, guys, with four minutes to play, we're going to be down two or up six or whatever, but leave. I, no one in your, at your neighborhood and home thinks we have a chance, but I'm telling you, the game plan's going to work. Trust yourselves. Trust me, blah, blah, blah. And then you remind them, and this is a high school kids, the look on their face like, I fucking told you, now let's finish these motherfuckers, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's so, and, and you don't always win those games. Sometimes you lose them, yeah. but you're right there. So I thought of that because uh, Spo, there was, a, there was a video of Spo going to commercial, angry about something. I don't remember why. But, you know, 6-7 to play, it's, it's a tight game. Mm-hmm. And I vote, I've been reading about the ninety, the ninety-seven percent, the, the odds were astronomical for Celtics win the series, yeah. and not that I think he needed anything to motivate his team, but I'm sure in his mind he was thinking, "What are they looking at?" I mean, even me, I thought I thought they could win four or five. I still, I still think Boston's a much, much better team, but yeah. but you have to credit Miami for fuck all you motherfuckers. We're fine. We got who we right. need. You, you have to still play the game, right? The game isn't won on. Oh, look at the names. Of- Yes, two all NBA. Yes, if anybody just looked at who was on one, oh, this should be a 4 0 win for Boston. They're just better. You're, right. You have to if play. You're Miami. You're supposed to say, and I know they got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, we, got, we got a Hulk. We got a damn Hulk on our team. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. Jeez. He's pretty good. He's, he He's is pretty just good. Everything you want your best player to be on both ends. N- no doubt. Um, it was interesting. So yeah, so that you know, so people, yeah, Spo is the guy. So and you, we talked about Missoula getting killed by a certain segment of the population because of the time not calling the timeout, etc. Um, and I thought his comments after the game, this is Missoula, was interesting. You have to against this team know exactly what's hurting you. And as good as they are at adjusting, they're just as good at winning games in the margins and the little things. So if we don't get back in transition, we don't value the basketball, we don't defend without fouling, and we don't rebound, adjustments aren't going to matter. And I thought that was interesting, right? Because that's the that's sort of the thing, right? Most, and we're so lucky, Troop, because we have you who have such a deep basketball knowledge. Most people, when they watch basketball and they want to argue or get mad at their coach, oh, he didn't make an adjustment, right? And maybe that's the case sometimes. But as you often say, sometimes you've got to just play better, right? Like, And so I like Missoula's point there. They can make all the adjustments in the world. But if we're letting them run out in transition and do whatever, we're defending and fouling every time, I don't care what adjustment. We're going to lose anyway because we're not playing good basketball. I, so to your point, I talked to a player yesterday who's in – I'm not going to say which team. He's on one of the four yeah. teams left. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying he, his team won or lost. 
But I will tell you that at one point during the game, his team just kept fouling. All four teams have had this problem. Um, and I, I, we were going through adjustments from, from game one. Uh, and uh, he said, um, Coach never mentioned one word about fouling less. And I thought, hmm, that's an adjustment too. Stop fucking fouling. Yeah. <laughs> that's, wait, is that, is that Thorpe's rule number yeah. one? Yeah. Don't, don't fucking yeah. foul. I mean, it was, listen, it was late last night. Maybe, maybe um, he had just forgot, but I don't think so. Uh, stop fouling. Like, that's an adjustment also. Uh, uh, use more fakes. That's an adjustment. We only think of, I mean, we only think of adjustments. We, the average person only thinks of adjustments mm-hmm. as in X and O adjustment. Right. It's just, there's so many different kinds of adjustments. And, and one of them is the, taking personal responsibility for not fouling. How about, here's an adjustment. Stop throwing the ball to the bad guys. <laughs> That's a pretty good adjustment. Uh, pretty let's good. create pretty better good. space. Let's cut with purpose. Mm-hmm. I spoke to a player yesterday who had a very good game in the combine. We'll get to the combine later. And so he called me last night back at the term, what can I do better if I played today, which I don't think he should, but because he played great. Um, I told him, cut with purpose better. You're just cutting. Hey, maybe you do, 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 do. Like, no, purpose, <laughs> right? Rebound with purpose. Don't just box your guy. Knock him to the ground. Have urgency. That's an adjustment, too. Yeah. All those things For matter. Sure. That's what Missoula's saying. No yeah. doubt. And, and, and I, I love that there. And you mentioned something, a great point there. And that was part of Boston's problem, I thought, too, in that third quarter. Their spacing got really wonky. Yeah. Everybody was all clustered together. And it's like, that, again, no X's and O's there. Space better. Right, yeah. like you, you know right. how to. You should already know that. You know, you're, you hear Gerard say things like, uh, "He really knows how to play, or he doesn't know how to play yet." Mm-hmm. Spacing's a big part of that. If if you, if my son was lucky, he had a dad as a coach. You could watch him in in tenth grade. Feed. I have video of what feed feed the pinch post immediately slide down because the other team was playing zone, and we put in a pinch post offense even against zone. Feed it, slide away into a sweet spot between where the defensive guard is and the defensive forward is, there's an open spot there. Our post kicks it to him, easy three, right in front of my dad. I like listening to that video because I can hear my dad say, hey, good job, Max. I like hearing his voice. (laughs) But that's just no, now most guys pass it, stand, or they just run right right behind another defensive player. No, you got to move to an open spot. So these are NBA players, but there's a lot in their minds, Gerard. There's a lot in their minds. And so we're going to get to Denver in a minute. Aaron Gordon lost his mind. He, he literally, yes. it was almost like he said to AD, no, just stay there. I'm good. You just keep <laughs> clogging things up for my teammates. I'm just going to stand and hang out, be a tree, right? He knows better than that. He'll be better in game two for sure. But they do sometimes get kind of lost, uh, yeah. paralyzed. Yeah. And, yeah. and so spacing gets to be really bad. Instead of, you know, if you're standing 15 feet from your teammate and your defensive player can guard both you and help on the teammate, that's bad spacing. Right. As bad as bad on you. Get yeah. away. You've mm-hmm. got to give them room. Yeah. And I think a, a large part of it too, and we talk about, I mean, they're also they're tired, right? And I think when you're tired, paralysis sure. often happens, right? All right, I gave the ball up, did my job. Let me catch a Take breather. It until time right? out. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what happens. Yeah. Well, let's move to the other series. Uh Denver up 1-0 on Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they were rocking and rolling in this game. Um, you know, it got a little hairy late. Um, and all the talk we're going to hear about is, oh, my God, Rui Hachimura on Nikola Jokic. What a great adjustment <laughs> made by, by Darvin M. And 
I didn't talk to David yet about this, guys. This is happening live because I we I texted him in my group chat and he didn't. Here's what I imagine David Thorbit would say to me if if I called him right after and said that. Gerard, if they think they found something by putting Rui Hachimura on Nicole Jokic, by all means, please do that every single time because this is Nicole Jokic. He will carve that up easily. This is this is nothing. Like it's nothing. It's a thing that happened. They got close, still lost the game, whatever. But you cannot give a great player like Jokic a steady diet of anything because he'll just beat it. That's why he's the best player there's, in the world. Yeah. How close did I get? One hundred percent. There's no. <laughs> there's nothing Hachimura did. I just watched the game again. There's nothing Hachimura did. It was the fact that <laughs> you'll see these a lot of times in like um oh I guess what was the movie uh, Avatar first one mm-hmm. where the main character was like trying to back off some monster from from the the, the alien, not a monster, some animal. And the animal ran away, and he, he kind of puffed his chest. Yeah, look at me. Meanwhile, there was a way bigger animal behind him. That's what scared <laughs> the guy off. Well, AD was behind Rui. It wasn't Hachimura <laughs> on Jokic. It was the dude behind him that was causing the problems. So that's when we get to Aaron Gordon. Uh, first of all, Mike Malone said it. I don't like that Mike did this. This is, this is where I have issues. He, he doesn't like the fact that people are acting as if, oh, the Lakers found something. Dude, just stay quiet. Let, uh, yeah, who cares yeah, yeah. if they think that? Let them think it. Right. The Lakers know. They're going to try it at work. They also know you're going to have a counter to it. But he took issue with the fact that people are suggesting that they've never seen this before. Of course they've seen it before. (laughs) Right. They saw it against Minnesota. They They saw it against Golden State last year in the playoffs, letting Draymond play free safety. But they put Gobert. This was just a few weeks ago. Gobert off of Jokic so he could help. Aaron Gordon just has to stop being doing the impersonation of a Redwood. Right? (laughs) He's got – so to me – you can you can Vosman screens, you can put him at the top or on the wing, you can put him in the corner. Mm-hmm. When AD looks away, uh, uh, AD can guard Aaron Gordon better when he's in the dunk spot, uh, both helping on Jokic or a driver and then recovering back to uh, Gordon, who then has a vertical jump, compared to Gordon flying in with momentum. That guy's right. dunking on AD. The mm-hmm. vertical uh, uh, Gordon may not. Depends on how close he is, how Davis is to Gordon. But the the flying one, AD is getting dunked on every time, pretty much, and fouling. Mm-hmm. So they'll mm-hmm. they'll mix it up for sure. Um, you know, it's funny. At we we're going to talk about D'Lo, okay? Yep. And minus twenty, whatever, twenty three, twenty five. Yep. Bad. But 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 in the third quarter, when Denver couldn't miss, he scored like six points. They, he gave LA. They hung in. Which is really what, again, this Thorpe's rule about not getting blown out. Hang in there. They they were down. They were, you know, the the uh, they got it. They got it to three a couple times. Right, they were down twelve. Yeah. for a long yeah. period of stretch, and they just just kind of stayed with it. Um, there was something that happened in this game, and I wrote it down. I remember watching it live. Um, I looked it up today to make sure I was right. Uh, it's not anything big, but uh, when I'm watching a game, sometimes and a team does everything right, and then doesn't finish well. And it, it doesn't mean necessarily scoring, but just in general, if it's a tight game or if it's a game that's not tight but I think can be tight, I think to myself, um, the famous line Ben Kingsley delivered, I'm such a stupid guy with movies, in uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer. You ever see that movie? Mm-hmm, you have? Mm-hmm. It's a great book too, by the way. Yeah. Um, Travis, our editor, played chess against like the kids, Josh Waitzkin's best friend. Oh, He's chess wow. with him, yeah. Yeah, um, Ben Kingsley is a chess master, and he's watching this big chess match, and the, one of the boys just makes a, a mistake. 
And Ben Kingsley said that was a mistake. And then he, that's when the whole line, don't move till you see it, which I just love. Aaron Gordon gets to the free throw lineup, 106-92. This, this game can be a blowout still. It's, it's a fourth quarter, whatever, eight to play. I didn't write down how much time was left. There's a lot of time left. But, I mean, the Lakers were, they were lucky to get it to 11, 13. It's 14. Mm-hmm. Gordon gets fouled. He can make it 108-92. You know, a stop and a three, and it's 19 again with six to play or whatever. It's over. Mm-hmm. He missed both free throws. Mm-hmm. He went two. And, by the way, they come down. LeBron gets an and one, makes a free throw. Now it's 106-95. So now you're a possession mm-hmm. away from single digit. All of this stuff adds up. You got it. Yeah. And so that's why I say D'Lo's buckets were important because Denver might have been up 25 if D'Lo doesn't do what he's doing. He, it's a bad match for him defensively. Uh, they picked on Jamal Murray a lot, uh, and um, D'Lo included, but LeBron did. Uh, I, I think I, I thought this series goes seven. Nothing happened yeah. in game one to make me think it's not a six or seven game series. Had the Lakers won, I would have favored them to win the series. They didn't win. I don't favor them to win this series. But it's a very close series. Yeah. Um, all the points you're making right there <clears throat> point to the fact that the margins are so thin, right? Again, to your point, Aaron right. makes the, makes those two free throws. You hit a three. You're up, the game is essentially over. You missed two. It, it, and it always happens. This way. When you watch games closely, you miss two. Inevitably, the other team comes on the other end and gets a bucket. And it's like, oh, man. And psychologically, you know that as a it's player. four-point like, swing, five-point swing. Yeah. This right. was a five-point yeah. swing. And you just know it. And so it is so critical, as you said, to do – it's like, you know, you're in math and you're doing calculus or whatever. And all the work is right, but the fucking answer's wrong. You got to show your work. I did all the yeah. work and it's right. He did everything right. I, I was the answer and wrong. They didn't cash in the two free throws. Yeah. <laughs> and he went two of six down the stretch. He missed, he missed, he went two, he went two of four, the next four free throws, two of six total. Uh, it, so if he makes those, again, we can do the if thing all you want. But still, you're never in a three point game, one possession game. Now, right. I think the Lakers are also feeling confident because Jokic should have prayer to end the third. And then Murray hit a prayer early in the fourth. Prayers. Mm-hmm. 10% makes. Yeah, yeah. 10% right. makes. And so um, now when LeBron shoots his three to tie the game, if those guys, if, if one of them don't make it, you're shooting a three to take a three-point lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That stuff matters. So the, the Lakers' biggest lead for the – you want to guess what – they had a lead in the game. You want to guess what the biggest one was? Was that in the first – no. I thought they got away from the first quarter. 10-8 maybe? Yeah, two. Okay. Yeah. Two. Okay. That's the biggest lead they yeah, had. Early. Early. Was a yeah, Nuggets, early in the first. Yeah. This was a Nuggets game from start to finish, pretty much. And uh, it could be in game two. The Lakers, yeah. the Lakers really, to me, it's a must win game for LA because mm-hmm. to beat that team four or five is not something you'd expect. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be very Especially because you got to win. Good. And you got to win in, in Denver, which, by the way, they're undefeated yeah. at home, if I'm not mistaken. You, you got, yeah, home, you, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You got to be. Um, you, they, 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 I don't know they'll ever solve Denver's offense. I don't think they've yeah. solved it with Hachimura, who, who by the way, was also <laughs> terrific as yeah. a scorer. Like yeah, he, he was, and he D'Lo and Reeves, mm-hmm, those guys, mm-hmm. like I've been saying, they're fucking loaded. This is a loaded and, and, team. And, 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 and we'll get to that. Not Ruby, because Ruby was a lottery pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so and so was D'Lo, D'Lo but Austin Reeves, I mean yeah. – uh, you, we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about the scouting combine and, and Wemby later. Oh, I mentioned D'Lo. Look, D'Lo, yes, he, that third quarter was very big in terms of his scoring. It's clear what the Nuggets are doing, though. Let's get him into every action oh, defensively sure. and go at him. 
and get up under him as much as we can, right? just to bother him because they. What that means is it's a sign of respect. Like, no, he's a very good player, good, yeah. and we have to figure out a way to get him talk, off his rhythm. Talking about it, yeah, yeah. yeah talking that's about so. It. I, so look, I mean, kudos to Dilo, by the way. It, it, like, I feel like he's often crapped on by people, but I'm like, no, this guy's really, you know, really freaking. It's good. a really good point you're making. Um, I I don't care about the plus minus typically. I really don't for one game. It it doesn't mean he played badly. I'm not saying he played well. It it right. just means he couldn't create a, a scenario. Right. Where, the, where his team would play better. I've seen right. plenty of – I mean, LeBron James has had some of those too and played well. Um, he, he's not going to be as important because defensively they need more because Denver's got so many weapons because Jokic weaponized everybody. But the, 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 you're going to have to outscore Denver. Oh, and sure. he was a big part of that that kept us alive, which I think is giving them some swagger going into game two. How did you think – MPJ played. I thought he played pretty good. Yeah, I did too. One. Had a nice block shot. In the yes. That was always nice. Yeah. Someone threw a parade somewhere for that. Uh, well, because early in his career, you sneak by him like that. He's going to foul you from behind or just give up yeah. the layup. But he didn't quit on the I'm like, you're fucking 6'10 and you probably got a seven foot whatever wingspan. Use that shit. He like, did a big you know, corner I, I three, too. Oh, big yeah. corner three I mean, late. Yeah. I, I never worry about him shooting. I'm like, he's very, that's, I know he's very good at that yeah. part of his game. Um, but no, I, I thought it did pretty well. And I vote if, if he plays well, you know, I makes I, it I a like lot tougher. I, th- I think we, we have to mention this. Um, LeBron is the greatest of all time. Second greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. You could argue everyone on his team thinks he's one or two for sure. And so, sure. so that's valuable, but the nuggets really believe in Jokic also. Oh, he's, that he's, is so he's an amazing leader. He passed up two layups, not dunks layups that I thought was a mistake. Same thing I had with Gordon's, uh, my reaction when Gordon missed those free throws is um, every two points matters, man. Every two points matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to get the points. You can get it. You, you, you'll pass plenty anyway. But yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him get a 50-point game. I'm telling you right now, he needs a 50-point game in this series. Well, it, it's also why you, why you enjoy him so much, right? Because he gets so much more joy out of getting his teammates involved rather than getting himself involved, right? That's why you think – and that – that feeling makes the other guys want to do all the little things, yeah. right? Because this guy's going to pass me the oh. ball. Like, so yeah, I'm going to dive on the ground. Point. I'm going to, right? I don't play with a guy who's like, well, he's going to shoot the ball 40 times. I ain't touching the ball for the rest of this game. Like, so you're always going to be engaged. And that, that matters. That has value. Yeah, he's really well liked on his team. Uh, deservedly so. He's a great leader uh, and leads by example, too, not to his voice, because mm-hmm. he does lead with his voice. Mm-hmm. That dude came yeah. out, let's go, running. They ran oh, yeah. the Lakers off the court. Yes, they did. By design, with altitude and everything else. And that's going to have a cumulative effect, I think. A cumulative effect for recovery time. Uh, yes. If, if, if the Nuggets win game two tonight, tonight. Yeah, right, tonight. Mm-hmm. Tonight, yep. They win tonight, game, game two tonight. Yep. And, and, and if L.A. does not have a very good fourth quarter, we can look at how fast they played in game one as a factor, not necessarily a deciding factor, uh, I, but a factor. Right. I, I think you're right. And it's also mathematically, right? When you go up 2-0, the other team has to now win four out of the next five games. And that's, again, you, that'd be fine if you were playing Charlotte, Houston. But you ain't playing Charlotte and Houston, right? You're, like, you're the Nuggets. a better team, or even if it's a neutral thing. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's like heads needing four or five to move on against tails. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, right. That's a challenge. It's, you know, yeah. it, it, it could happen, it but it could happen. The odds aren't great. You know, 
Exactly. Uh, all right, we'll be back after a quick break. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, David, uh, a big night in the NBA. Uh, we now know who will have the number one seed or number one pick, I should say, um, in the NBA uh, draft lottery draft coming up uh, in June, San Antonio Spurs. And by all accounts, they will likely take the French phenom, Victor Wembanyama. They're taking it, Victor. <laughs> um, and no, no, as you okay, know, hold on. Let's 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 really reinforce this. There is no discussion. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. He, obviously. He's obviously. going to be worth a fortune. This guy yeah, is the no face of European basketball more so than Luca. Wow. He's going I love to be that. I love an that you're enormous, going enormous, enormous superstar. Enormous. I love it. Yeah. I, love I mean, it. like All right. McDonald's, Coca Cola, IBM, Apple, Nike, like, whoever. You're going to see him yeah. everywhere yeah, yeah. at some point. Yeah. Spurs are taking it. All right. What what I like, and you know this, I was like, oh, God, please don't let them go to Charlotte or Houston. Because I'm like, Detroit, I don't trust these teams. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they have not shown me a track record of player development, knowing what the fuck they're doing. Like, I just, no, I don't. I don't want them in those places. I didn't watch and, the lottery, but I would have been rooting for the same thing. Oh, yeah. he, so he was in Paris. He was, was rooting for it, too. And, and you can see as the teams got picked off, he was like, yes. Like, oh, really? He, he knows. I don't want, yeah. when Houston get off the board, thank God, you don't want to go to fucking Houston. Like, look, sorry, Houston Rockets fans. Like, listen, your, your own, your, your franchise has got problems. Okay. San Antonio, the continuity and consistency and, at the top. And Tony Parker, who I think he well, played oh, for his team. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to get to all the French connections in a minute, but you've got an ownership oh, group, are, yeah. a front office group, and a head coaching group that have continuity. They've been together since freaking, I don't know, the uh, freaking 1920s, it seems like. 1994, <laughs> right? RC was an assistant coach for the Florida Gators because I went there a lot that okay. year. He was That's my, right. He mentioned yeah, yeah. me a ton. I think the next year he went to the Spurs. So this is 95. I, I think so, so. I think so. This is this is a long-standing partnership, marriage of course, they have the championship DNA with all the titles. They also know what it's like to draft number one picks. Hello, David Robinson. Hello, Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty impressive. Picks. Turn both of them right? into and, first ball Hall of Famers. And turn, hopefully, Victor also into a first ball Hall of Famer. Now, 
we're going to get to the international part. Mano Ginobili, Tony Parker. Boris uh, Diaw. Boris Diaw. Tim, Tim Duncan is from the Virgin Islands, by the way, he, he's not American. Um, so all these different little things, I'm like, yes, they know what they're going to do. And it's in Antonio. So not that I think, look, I don't know Victor, but he's not in LA or New York where it's constant besiegement of this, that, and the third. You got to fly down to San Antonio, which most people aren't going to do, do this whole thing. So he's going to be able to, let's focus. And I don't think, and I don't know this for sure, that Pop's going to be like on day one, here you go, Victor, here are the keys to the franchise. Do your thing. You're the man now. Like that's not. That's not how it's going to happen. Like It's just not. And I think that's exactly what they need. So I'm very, very happy that he's going to be in San Antonio. Well, I'm wondering, and I've made some phone calls to people in the league. Um, I, I talked to Henry about this yesterday. Pop, I think Pop's always kind of said he'll leave, you know, the franchise in good, uh, good hands. Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Devin Vassell. I really like Jeremy Sochan. Ke- Keldon Johnson. Keldon, Sohan, he's okay like- to me. Um, I okay. like some of the other young guys, and mm-hmm. uh, and now you had Victor. I'm wondering. All right, that we had it's the most talented under 23 group we've ever had, ever mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of number of bodies. Does he move up into like management, coaching the coaches for a Ooh, year? I wondered okay, about that. Okay, I wondered Maybe. about that be- because I don't think he's going to stay long enough for this team to win a championship. So why not yeah, let that the coach that's going to coach him then, in theory? Let him right. approach him now. Start or, now. Or her. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, wonder, I like that. I wonder yeah. about that. So, so start start the mentor process. No, I, I like that. Either way, I know the infrastructure is going to be there. Okay. Here's the other piece. Do you – so we know historically, David, rookies are generally net negatives, right? It's very That's rare always. that rookies ain't – almost always, right? Like we had some exceptions, right? Of course, uh, Evan Mobley, his rookie year was not a net negative. Like, But like for the most part, they're, they're net negatives. Do we think he's going to be a net positive his rookie year? I think probably the only, the only, he'll be a net positive in the standpoint of um, there'll be a positive when he's on the court um, versus when he's off the court compared to each each other. In other words, they still Mm -hmm. might get outscored, Mm -hmm. but compared to everyone else, he'll be doing better when he, they'll be doing better when he's on the court than when he's off just for them because they're still young. Yeah. I I don't know if they're going to bring in some older guys right away. Well, wow, that's the other next piece. Year, that's a separate question. I think, because they, they're going to have, I think, $36 million in Canada. They have cap room. Um, do they get a veteran uh, partner for him in the pick and roll? Because we talked about he's too tall. We don't think he should be some Kevin Durant offensive initiator from the wing, right? Not yet. Let him run Not him off yet. screens. Not yet. Maybe eventually you can do yeah. that. Run him off Duncan Robinson screens at first. Let him finish in the pick and roll. You know, that kind of thing. So who do we get as a point guard so that he can play pick and roll with that person? Right. Um, Fred Van Vliet's going to be probably available this summer. Um, you know, get just, and, and Fred's a pro. Get a pro type of person in there who knows about playing winning basketball. I'm not saying they're going to win 50 games, but you only got to be 42 and 40 to get into the play-in. So you win 43 games, maybe you're in the play-in. Because you always say, losing is also a culture, right? Yeah. I, I don't want this team to be 10 wins and like, that's not good. But if they can get that play in, because now that's a reference point for them, right? And you always say, like, this is why LeBron, all these guys are so great. They have a bajillion reference yep. points in their brain. Let's let's get Victor reference points early, right? And, and what that looks like. So I hope that's the plan they're doing. Look, smarter people than me run the Spurs. So I'm sure they have a plan. But I think that's, I think you're saying it the right way. Um, uh, can, can, is this a guy where I can talk about Victor more? Or should I save it for the combine talk? 
we're going to talk about the combine right now. So let, let's let's get into it. Um, so right now, uh, the NBA draft combine is going on. It's going to end today, so Tuesday to Thursday in uh, Chicago. The, the, the competition part, and then it's more medical, I think, after that. Okay, yeah. so they're doing all like the yeah. how tall you are yeah. without shoes, no, 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 all no. that shit. More of real medical stuff, like physical. Oh, so. make sure you don't have like heart murmurs and stuff. I think that's tomorrow. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. Okay. So, look, I have my feelings about combines and all this stuff in all sports. I think they are just optically, they look stupid. Um, we have. There's so much data on these guys. Like, if you have a scouting department, how have you not watched a thousand minutes of, or more than that, a million minutes of Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller? Like, what what do you need to see them in a drill running up and down the floor for? Like, and what does that show you? I don't know. But again, smarter basketball people than me. No, no, don't say that. Because I I think it's right. You can't be smart about basketball and put this garbage on. I'm just saying it's, 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 uh, it's, it's just a circus. It's stupid. It, the whole thing is, first of all, the production of it is a joke. So use this on Twitter, please, ESPN. It's hard enough to track a game for those that actually are watching it because we don't know what numbers they are. Back of the, the names are not on the back of their jerseys. Um, you know, maybe they are actually, but we can't see it. This is blue and white. They're not, we're not, we're not used to seeing these guys in these jerseys. Uh, uh, the camera's far away, and it's not like we're getting a bunch of cool camera angles of these games, right? Which is fine. <laughs> but they keep shrinking the screen so we can watch five guys talking about things that aren't even going on the court necessarily regarding right, the right. draft or whatever. And Or they interview the coach for 10 minutes while he's trying to coach guys he doesn't know the first names of. And, right. and they shrink. we have to look at his face talking. It doesn't make any no. sense to me. We just want to watch the game. So that, that's the production value, which ESPN has destroyed year after year. It gets me so angry. I would much rather see the same event happen with HBCU schools and with schools from the smaller Division One conferences mm-hmm. or even some high-level Division II. Uh, uh, players that can matriculate into maybe a, a two-way contract, of which we're adding 30 of them this year, we have, we have every, every team is three instead of two. So we'll have potentially 90 guys in it. Uh, most of these players play for big schools. Uh, uh, we saw them a ton. Um, the only ones that didn't see them a ton that are there, Gerard are the head coaches. And right. there is value to that. But they act every year as if ESPN does. And my friend, who I love, John Gavoni, he always acts like going to this thing, you can really raise your stock. And they always give examples. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, right. last year, three dudes, three dudes uh, were drafted. I think two in the first, one in the second. Okay? But we don't know if it's because they went to the combine. Right. And also, right, we right, do right, know, right. here's what we do know, that 37 other dudes weren't drafted who played in the combine. <laughs> that doesn't even include the G League combine, which is the, the, right. the one for even the lower-ranked players in that. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why... You would draft the player because he shot one a star drill. There's yeah, no, yeah. there's no evidence that I've seen that one drill tells you anything about how well a player can shoot the ball in terms of consistently. Um, the, I guess speed, agility, that matters some, but it doesn't really matter if they've never done it on the court. And so you should have seen these guys on the court, right? Uh, I, I really think we could do a much better job of figuring out who should be drafted, who should get two ways. Uh, and and cast a wider net for the talent around the country or the world than we do. We're seeing players 
that played like yesterday's best player. His kid name is a long name, but we call him Omax Prosper from Marquette. He was the best player in the in the two games yesterday. He was all over the place. Great defender. Marquette won the Big East, and then they won the Big so East tournament. Seen, they beat the national play. champs twice. Like, did you really learn anything? He can make threes. He can dunk the ball. He can make layups. What, what didn't you see? He's at Marquette. I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> ACC players and Kansas players or whatever. Come on, right. guys. You, you, you've seen them all in game situations, which as someone who and, evaluates and talent, that's where they've seen. Right. That's what you want to look at, right? You want to see, see what that, what make that it is. For the, I'm with make you. It, right. Make it for the ones that aren't in the Power Five schools. Right. The guys you definitely haven't seen before because right. you ain't watching those conferences right. and those kids. Um. You know, this brings up a larger point, David, about the draft and, you know, this idea of, well, it's a three-player draft or a one-player draft. And, look, this idea of the star player and the franchise changer, I understand that that matters and that's important. Of course, you're not going to win a championship without those guys. Right. Duh. But to me, there are still 14 other roster spots on your team. And if you're going to win... You have to figure out who's filling out the rest of those spots. Who are they? Because you're not gonna you're not gonna have a team full of number one draft picks. That's not that's not happening, right? And you have to know who is look. Austin Reeves and Bruce Brown are not only playing critical minutes, but starring in roles for teams in the NBA Conference Finals. You want to know where Austin Reeves was drafted? Oh, that's right, he wasn't. Bruce Brown drafted in the second round. Like so, this idea that oh well. Outside of Victor Scooten and Brandon, nobody else is worth anything in this draft. How do you know that? Yeah. Well, based on what? We know it's wrong. We know it's wrong. We <laughs> always, the players always come out and, and get developed. Jokic, Giannis, uh, Kawhi, none of them are lottery picks. Uh, and obviously, and Jokic was a second round pick. Uh, think about what I just read to you the little, the little run on that, the run that Miami went on down 7 159. Mm-hmm. Who scored mm-hmm. in that run? Bam, 13th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. By the way, didn't play in the right. combine. Um, mm-hmm. Struess hit a three and got a put back undrafted player, right? Kevin Love picked up out of the trash heap because he mm-hmm. couldn't play mm-hmm. for Cleveland. Gabe Vincent undrafted, I believe, and, you know, old. Caleb and was, Martin. And they were huge. Caleb Martin. I think he was a second round pick. He probably played. I'm not sure what, there's two Martins and I, they're twins. I don't remember which one was the drafted, uh, and which one wasn't. I don't remember which one Miami has. Right now. Yeah. Caleb, my name is Caleb. Uh, Caleb yeah. Martin. This is Caleb and Quanzo, if I'm not mistaken. No. Yeah, uh, it wasn't Quanzo. No, no. I don't. Uh, was, so Ca- Caleb Martin, he was not drafted. He was undrafted to Charlotte. Charlotte picked him up. Yeah, because they drafted his mm-hmm, brother. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Your point is right. Like we're trying to acquire talent here. Period. End of story. I want to get talent. I like him young right. and, and athletic and teach him the game. And uh, to me, if you're drafting the first round, it'd be great if you can get a franchise player. Most guys can't. I'm going to try to make one. And if I can't make a franchise player like Jokic is, I'm going to make a, a starter out of him or a long-term player. Yeah. But I want to be clear about what you said. You're like, like, I'm young and athletic. But like, that is not, you're not boxing someone in, right? Because Cam Johnson, by everyone's draft, oh, he's too old. He's already 24 by the time you draft him. Like, not super athletic. Oh, uh, this guy can shoot threes and play defense. No, he's so, a, he's a it, game changer. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, so this idea of, like, you got to get these 18 and 19-year-olds who, like, are super raw. And, like, I understand why. Because you're looking at what the ceiling could be. Sure. But you also have to develop that. 
How many teams are really good at doing that? Yeah. Not many. No. Not many. Maybe a couple. Yeah. It's like the the world is rich on basketball talent. You got to just, you have to go find it, man. And, and as David always says, and coach it up. That is the game. Right. And that's your job. Fight it and coach it. Got to coach it up. Fight it and coach it. All right, uh, last thing before we go, the Warriors had their exit interviews. Um, you know, and surprise, surprise, Steve Kerr admitted that the Draymond Green punch, you know, it w- caused some problems. It, w- it was a surprise that he mentioned it. <laughs> well, it's just funny. No, I mean, only he was asked about it a bunch, and he was like, look, there was some trust erosion there, which we talked about, right? Like, and you and, you and I said it when this happened. I was like, I don't know how it's going to impact them, but I feel like it's going to, right? And it did, right? Because the voice and the respect he he was able to command was not there, uh, like like it normally was. And Draymond's admitted, and he's come out and said, "No, this was this was me. I messed up with that, and that's called that cost us problems this year." All right, so that's one piece of it. Um, it looks like, according to Shams Sharania, that Myers and the Warriors are very far apart on any kind of contract extension talk, and that that's important, right? Because Myers is the voice that communicates to this group, and they love Bob um players and uh, steve 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 alike if he's not there that means somebody else is communicating this message well they don't have a relationship with whoever this new person is going to be yet even if it's internal it ain't the same as it is with bob right so that's going to be some level of adjustment if in fact bob myers right. is not here i don't know right he could still be here things can happen and then steve said about clay thompson clay's got to come back at the beginning of training camp in the best shape he's ever been and ready from day one of training camp uh and you know Kirk kind of talked around the idea of coming off the injuries and these different things. The stuff you did at 27 and 28, you can't do anymore now at this age coming off those injuries. That's about as much of a call out as Steve Kerr's going to do, right? Like he's not going to. Well, he doesn't want to be at seven seed. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. He wants to win early. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and he said that the clay not being ready early, that was a big reason for them coming out the gates and being right. slow. And clay and was, in, and clay was injured last summer. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. but but Kerr Kerr knew knows what he's doing. Like, we are not gonna. Yes. we're not gonna. We want to start on eighteen and whatever. One, two. Yeah, you did two years ago, and you won. The, and you won Correct. the title. Correct. Yep. That's that's what he's saying. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, obviously, Steph's still very good. They want to bring Draymond back. All everybody's saying all the right things, but it's you May. Pay him though. Listen, Joe Lacob. If one thing billionaires are, they get fickle about certain things. When they decide, fuck it, we're not doing it. That's it. Fuck it. They're not doing it, right? That the buck stops with them. He's the boss. He said numerous times, "I'm not paying four hundred million dollars in salary and luxury tax. Ain't happening." So we shall see. Something to watch here uh, as we go forward. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of the conference finals. God, by Monday we'll have three games at least done. I think yeah, we'll be three games in for most teams. So we'll know two one. Where are we? You know, three zero. I don't think anybody will be up three zero. Um, well, no shit. Ending it happened. Who knows? This is fucking basketball. <laughs> Have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.